All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim the Ferds and not flying solo tonight. I am joined by Lou the Big Daddy. Lou, it's nice to have you back after a couple week hiatus there. Tim, it is great to be back in my own house that I started from nothing that has become this beautiful empire thanks to you. <laughs> Lou has been working for those of you that have uh, you know, been flying solo with me the last couple of weeks. You already know that. So here's what, what we got coming up on today's podcast. Number one is we need you to like us, comment, share, and tell your friends, right? We're currently on you know, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all those other big platforms. You can also listen on our website. That's what we need, number one. Number two, obviously, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Beak Brands. You can follow me at Tim Ferdinand or Lou at Lou Jocks. So those are our two starting points. So here's what we got coming up. Obviously, big games this weekend, AFC and NFC Championship game. Uh, we have some Deshaun Watson trade rumors. But first... We're going to talk about some of the head coaching hires. Uh, Lou hasn't, you know, been here to give his take, so we'll kind of catch him up to speed here. And then on some on some notable hires, then we'll dive into some of the games. So first one, I guess we'll make our you know resident Jets fans happy here. Uh, the Jets hired Robert Sala to be their head coach, obviously after getting rid of Adam Gase. Um, I kind of shared my thoughts on this last week, but so I guess Lou, I'll let you start us off. So what do you think about the Sala hire for the Jets? It's not so much the hire, it's the fire. Because Adam Gase is a piece of shit and he's an idiot, and he deserved to be fired weeks ago. The fact that they actually kept him on board as long as they did, that's charity, my friend. I've I mean, they must have felt bad for him. He must have finally gotten his make a wish granted because it is insane to me that they kept him on board for that long. And then it's insane to me that there were actually some Jets fans, some that I'm friends with, that actually were blaming other people other than him. So, of course, management starts from the top down. But, wow. I mean, week in and week out, crazy decisions being made, questionable calls, and obviously not utilizing one of your star players in Darnold, but... The past is the past. He's gone. My take, don't fuck with bald-headed guys. Usually, they're pretty tough. Don't sleep on the Jets next year. I'm telling you, there's no way you have a worse season just because you have a bald-headed coach. I think the Jets have a promising future ahead of them. Uh, good luck, guys. What do you think about them hiring a defensive guy, though? 2021, the whole question was surrounding their quarterback. Their defense was actually pretty good last year. You like whether they went defense? Well, yeah, because I think now you're looking at it and saying, okay, the offense really isn't that great, but the Jets' defense has more potential than the offense does right now. So, hey, listen, let's slowly build up the offense and quickly build up that defense. It's going to be like the old Aaron Rodgers thing, you know, where now we were looking, it was like the bell curve. For those of you that are listening, you can't see I'm doing a, an upside-down bell curve uh, because I just walked myself into a trap, but I'm going to go with it anyway. So Aaron Rodgers had the defense hold his hand, and then he took off. And for a while, he was the reason they were winning the games. And then look at what happened last year, right? The last two years, actually, Aaron Rodgers really took a little dip down there. And it was the defense dragging him through the season and allowing them to have those wins. And then, of course, you know, sometimes the bell curve tips back up like this year, and he just has an unbelievable year. But um, 
listen, I'm a defensive guy because I'm fat. So like you never put a fat guy on the offensive side unless your offensive line is only five. But you can have a lot more fat guys on the defensive side when you're trying to clog that middle. I love defense. Defense is so much fun. Um, but like I said, the Jets how the Jets were expected to be a, a top tier defense this year, you know, and they played exceptional last year. So n- let's capitalize on that. I think that's sort of their mentality here. I actually like that take. I mean, I disagree because never would I be caught dead hiring a defensive head coach in 2021. Um, and this is the main reason why that I don't I, like. I just think you're, I th- you, I think you're segregating against bold people, but you can say whatever you want. Okay. So here's the main reason I don't like it. Now, he, every coach, right, is kind of dependent on the other side, right? So if you're like, you know, Andy Reid, you obviously call offense. And we've seen when he's had bad defensive coordinators, the defense is like, putrid bad so the same goes for defensive head coaches right when the defense could be really good but they don't really get their hands involved in the offense uh and then the offense is bad so he did bring over lafleur from san francisco to be his oc and they run the whole kyle shanahan system which everyone's obsessed with right now and that's great the issue is is if the offense is really good someone's going to want to hire your offensive coordinator to be their head coach which means you're going to be constantly cycling through offensive coordinators. So it kind of puts like this, I don't, I don't want to like this pressure on the rest of your staff. Like you need to have, you need to be grooming offensive coordinators because if your offense is, is really good, like you're going to see guys leave, right? If you look at the chiefs, even though we're an offensive team, right? You had Doug Peterson leave. They got a head coaching job when he was the OC. Then Nagy was the OC and he got a head coaching job. Now, the enemy's the OC, and he didn't get a coaching job this year, but he might get one next year. So, like, you're going to go through offensive coordinators if your offense is really good. So that would be my only concern for the Jets, is that can Salah kind of withstand and have a bunch of OCs ready to go if their offense is good enough where their offensive coordinator gets hired somewhere else down the road? That makes sense, but I think the Jets' offense is years away from them having a concern of them being too good. Yeah, that's true. But that's just one thing to kind of file in the, you know, away in the, there. I the told you so, mind. Ben. Yeah. yeah, file in the I told you yeah. so, Ben. Exactly. You can put that one like kind of on the bottom. We might not get to it for a while, but just know that it's there. <laughs> just gently place it. That's it. Yep. So we had a couple other head coaching hires. One of them was a big shock. The Lions hired, they just made it official uh, yesterday. Or if you listen to this on Friday, it'd be two days ago. Um, that Dan Campbell was going to be their head coach. And at first, I was like, who is this guy? And then I remembered he was the guy who was the interim head coach for Miami like a really long time ago. He was just a tight end coach for the Saints. That was a really bold move. And the way I look at it is Lions are just going to Lion. That's just what they do. They just do stupid stuff all the time. Um, not saying this is not going to work out, but, I mean, talk about coming out of left field. He wasn't, I don't think, you know, a part of any other job search, and now here he is landing a head coaching gig. <laughs> It's not even a coordinator. It's crazy. You're talking smack about this guy, Tim. Let me tell you what this man is prepared to do to you, okay? This man, you're going to take him down. On his way down, he's going to bite off one of your kneecaps. While he's down, he's going to fight you. And on his way back up, he's going to bite off your other kneecap. Hey, Tim, simple math question for you. If he bites off two of your kneecaps, how many kneecaps you have left? That would be zero. Tim, you should be petrified because I got goosebumps and the hairs on my neck stood up. Okay, the Detroit Lions aren't 
fucking around anymore. They're here to win, and they're here to win now, and they're willing to take anybody's kneecaps that get in their goddamn way. <laughs> I love that. I really love that. That was funny, that whole press conference today. Because normally, you know, coaches come in, they give, like, the coach speak, and it's just really cheesy. But, like, he was just so over the top. Like, he could go out there and throw the pads on right now and start hitting people. I got to tell you, like, we, we all love that, everyone on social media. Like, it went crazy. But if you're part of that organization, you have to be like, dude, this is such an embarrassment. Yeah. Like, like I, I mean, really, like, you look at Andy Reid. Imagine Andy Reid came in and was like, yeah, well, on my way, I'm going to have a cheeseburger. You're going to take that cheeseburger away? Like, we'd all be like, dude, like, come on, man. We're, we're trying to win here. So, I, I mean, for for publicity, I think it was fantastic. I don't know if maybe they said, dude, be yourself, be funny, whatever. Like, get everyone fired up, get the fans happy. But if you are internal Detroit, you're like, that was embarrassing for this franchise. Now, again, I loved it. And now I'm actually like, hey, I hope he wins a few games next year. But... Like, like, I mean, on a realistic level, like, it's been a pretty embarrassing decade for the Detroit Lions, and Matthew Stafford can't be happy coming back to oh. a guy that's, like, not taking his press conferences seriously. Yeah. Right off the bat, too, just got out. <laughs> <laughs> Stafford's like, what do I have to do to get even, like, a halfway decent head coach in here? I don't know. I, feel, I do feel bad for him, but, you know, I whatever. Poor, I mean, you got to think, right? He's probably... After Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, he's probably the third best player in their fran- franchise history, you'd assume, right? Agreed, yeah. Barry retired at 30, Calvin retired at 30, and now Stafford's just like, well, I guess I might as well rack up as many yards and touchdowns as I can because we're not going to win any games. <laughs> incredible. Straight so up good. incredible. So I'm assuming you're going to go on the side of that may or may, that probably is not going to work. Listen, I'm going to stick my file right next to yours in the I told you so side. So Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. And then the, the last kind of two head coaching spots I want to talk about. Uh, Philly just hired the offensive coordinator for the Colts today, like a couple hours ago, actually, um, which I think is strange because he was the OC under Frank Reich, and Frank Reich was the OC under Doug Peterson when Doug Peterson was as coach of the Eagles, and that's when the, the Eagles were good with Carson Wentz. So I'm assuming this entire hire was just to fix Carson Wentz. No, this entire hire was to fix the Philadelphia Eagles organization because where do you turn when you need a laugh? Where do you turn when you need a smile or a hug? You turn to the Jersey Shore, which is where they got this man. I mean, growing up, I'm surprised people didn't call him Vinny Goombats. Okay, it's <laughs> nice to have a Paisan in the NFL represent, let's go Eagles. 2022 is going to be beautiful for them. Ah, so you're a big fan of this one then? No, I just like the fact that he's Italian. (laughs) What do you think about the dynamic between Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts? Well, I think I I, I always thought Carson Wentz was actually a pretty good quarterback. Um, But then again, I also didn't hate Doug Peterson. So I'm not too sure what to think. Uh, I, I think Peterson definitely gave him a fair share to turn his game around this year. Um, if I, I, you know, it's easy to say if I were a head coach, what I would have done, but I feel like I would have pulled Wentz way earlier than he did. He kept giving him the opportunity to prove himself, and Wentz just kept letting everyone down. Yes, here and there he made some big plays, he kept them in games, but 
at some point, a franchise is, is more than winning a few. Like, you need to win a lot here. And they wanted to see what they had in Jalen, and he played pretty well. I'm not going to say he did great. I know a lot of people think he did great. He didn't end the season all that well. Um, but I guess for his situation with the Eagles being once again decimated by injuries and, you know, the coaching carousels talking about Peterson and where he's going. Um, you know, I, I guess for the situation, he actually did pretty well, but again, like, you know, the Carson Wentz thing has to shake itself out. I think he should have another opportunity to be the starter under a new coach. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. I mean, you're paying Wentz a lot of money, so you don't really have a choice. But the only thing that I was looking at, like there's reports coming out that Carson Wentz is like toxic in the locker room. Like it's everyone else's fault. And it's, this, isn't, this hasn't just been right now. Remember when they won the Super Bowl and guys like, like Nick Foles more than him? Like, I don't know. Something's going on over there. I'm not sure what it is. And I'm sure we would be talking about that a lot more if not for the circus show that is the Houston Texans. <laughs> so now – we have Deshaun Watson who wants out. They don't have a head coach. They hired a GM who was just who was a Patriots guy after they just fired the old ex-Patriot guy regime that they just had. They brought in another Patriots guy because Jack Easterby is who's a Patriots guy, has the ear of the owner. Andre Johnson is supporting Watson getting out on Twitter, and Andre Johnson never says anything. And now my friend actually sent me uh, a post here on Instagram well, from a couple hours ago, Deshaun Watson was tagged in New York. Crazy. So, Lou, what do you think is going on in Houston? Complete mayhem. That's what's going on there. I mean, you haven't seen a disaster in the South since Hurricane Katrina like this, okay? This is going to shake everything up. The organization needs to clean house, and I feel bad for players that are stuck there for the rest of their careers because – the next five to ten years are not going to be easy for Houston. You have players. That we, there were rumors coming out during the season of players didn't want to be there. They no longer wanted to suit up and play for these coaches. Um, it's it's sad to see because you know, like not if not too long ago last year, the Texans were one game away from you know having a big playoff win against the Chiefs. I mean, we all know how that game turned out, so I'm not the. <laughs> But, <laughs> you know, like they, they, they actually weren't that close, but you, you get what I'm saying here. Like, I, I feel bad for players like Watt, who's going to end his career in sort of turmoil because he was, he's been great to watch. And I, I'm not saying he's going to retire this year. I think he's going to get traded. Penny's on the dollar at this point, though. He's getting up there, he's had those injury problems. I don't know. Yeah, but if, if you're Houston, though, you got to trade him. You'll, you'll take anything for him. You don't have any picks because Bill yeah, O'Brien gave, like, gave them all away. Not like some reminds of them, like, me, your whole the, thing. What was the DN the Chiefs signed before the Super Bowl? What do you mean? Who was who the DN we signed? I can't think of his name. He was like 38 years old. Oh, Terrell Suggs? Terrell Suggs. Yeah. I, I love that move. But that, I mean, obviously, it's a different situation. But. That, that I mean, JJ Watts getting he up. He made though. plays though for the Chiefs. He, he did. He, he's that, a professional pass rusher though. Yeah. So is JJ Watt. Yeah, that's my point though. JJ yeah. Watt's still going to be a starter wherever he goes, and he's still going to have a huge impact. But how much time does he have left? I, I'm curious to see if they do trade him, what value they're going to get for him. I feel like if Houston does trade Watson, Watts going to go with him 
Like they're going to say, yeah. yeah, if we're giving you Watson for all your picks, you're going to take Watt's salary off our books. Because they have no cap space and no picks. Yeah. So they need both. That, that would yeah. be my guess. Um, and obviously we can keep talking about these coaching hires and potential trades for Watson. And we have plenty of time to do that in the offseason. But we do have games coming up this weekend. So we're going to start with the NFC Championship game. And this is an all-timer, I think, on paper anyway. You have Aaron Rodgers, who is arguably the second, third, or fourth best quarterback of all time, depending on how you view it, against Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. And I don't think we've ever, well, at least while I've been alive, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback matchup this late in guys' careers where they're still good, though, where they have, like, the accolades that they have right now. Like, between Brady and Rodgers, you're talking, you know, seven-plus rings, five-plus combined MVPs, you know, a zillion conference championship appearances. They're still both really good. Now, Brady's obviously not in his prime, but he's still good. And Rodgers is at the end of his prime. But I don't know if we've seen a matchup like this ever the last the closest one i would say is peyton manning like against tom brady like when peyton played for denver but he couldn't really throw like anymore he was like way over the hill so i think this is going to be incredible so what are your thoughts on the game well i too am very excited for it um the problem i'm having is deciding as a chiefs fan which team i'd rather play tampa that was easy next i mean yes but I, he, here's another problem I have, and this is going to sound petty and it's going to sound arrogant, not maybe not arrogant, but definitely petty. It bothers me so much to watch Tom Brady still be so good. So late in his career, like it's not done. It's not done. Like he's, we were, everyone was happy when Tom Brady left the AFC. He's still a problem for us in the NFC. It is so frustrating that, and I couldn't imagine being like a Jet or Buffalo fan. You know, shout out to my boy Josh, who actually listens to this show, and he's a big Bills fan. I mean, Tom Brady ruined that man's childhood. (laughs) He he had no childhood whatsoever. And now Tom Brady is still dominating the league. Like, dude, just go away. Just go away. But, you know, I am going to be happy in like 20 years when we look back and like we grew up with Tom Brady. That's going to be something pretty cool to talk about. But I, you know, that that to me. But anyway, back to the game. So obviously, we would I I would, I would love to face the Buccaneers. I think that'd be great for the Chiefs. But this game is going to be great because Aaron Rodgers is having a hell of a year and Jones is running his ass off. I'm really excited. So Green Bay is favored by 3 points, which is Really, in the betting world, that means it's it's projected an even game, but they give the Packers the three-point advantage for being home. Crazy stuff. And I think the crazier part is that Tampa Bay is going to have the opportunity to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Yeah, which is and also I, crazy. I, I, think, I think that's going to have an impact on the game. I still think Green Bay wins, but... They they just found, I they just found so many ways to win this year, and by so many ways I mean they just made so many key plays to Devontae Adams. It's, yeah, but he's he's like uncoverable. So obviously I'm with you as a Chiefs fan. I want Tampa to win because I think we have a much better chance of beating them than 
Green Bay. Um, but just looking at it from point of view for the actual game, the only teams that Green Bay has struggled with in previous years have been teams that bully them, like in the trenches, offensive and defensive line. And Tampa can do that on defense, especially with David Bakhtiari out for Green Bay. Now, I don't know if it's going to be enough to win them the game because like, they played earlier this year and Tampa Bay kicked the living hell out of them. But that was also a weird game because Rodgers threw a pick six and then he threw another pick that got returned inside like the 10-yard line. So he pretty much threw two pick sixes, which Aaron Rodgers never does. Um, so I kind of want to throw that game out in terms of what happened in it. But I do think if Tampa plays like that again, I'm not saying they're going to have like two pick sixes, but they if you can stop the Packers' run game and make them throw to other guys, not Devontae Adams – like consistently, you can beat them. Now, obviously, that sounds really easy, and it's not. Like, it's really hard to do that. But I feel like Tampa is a team that could do that. Now, am I going to pick them to win this game? I don't think so. <laughs> because Green <laughs> Bay is playing really well right now, and they just handled Aaron Donald, who's like the best defensive player in the league. Uh, even though he was injured, but not the point. Like, he's still incredible. Because I just have a problem picking against Tom Brady in the playoffs. But here I am picking against Tom Brady in the playoffs. So I don't know if I'm trying to like reverse jinx them or something, but that's kind of what we're looking. I agree. While we're here, I wanted to go over a few of these prop bets. We'll just, you know, we don't have to spend too much time on it, but this is the fun stuff. When you get into these weekends where there's two or only the Super Bowl, you run out of things to bet on. I can't bet on four games anymore. Now I got two games, so I got to wet the beak in other places. So... Just a few of these that I really like. Um, the uh, passing yards. So Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are both at the same line, 287 and a half. Who goes over, who goes under? Uh, I'm going to go over on Rodgers and under on Brady. Risky biz. Well, I just think way, Tampa everyone... has a number one run defense, so Green Bay is going to have to throw if they want to win. Yeah, just wanted the folks at home to know that every answer you give me, I'm betting on. So, Oh, that's um, lovely. All right. Let's see. Now there's a, also a fun place for a parlay. So here's my parlay. The odds are plus 1,000. Mike Evans to have 120 receiving yards and one touchdown, and Tampa Bay wins. All right, well, I can already tell you that's not happening, so no, don't <laughs> do that. Jair Alexander's not going to let that happen. Next. <laughs> Okay, Rob Gronkowski to have 70 receiving yards, a touchdown, and a win. You see, it's hard because you then you just got to go against everything you just said and take Tampa. <laughs> I feel like that one's more likely, but I still probably wouldn't do it. All right, here's one, plus 1,400. Rob Gronkowski to have 120 receiving yards and one touchdown. Yeah, I guess for the for the odds you're getting, that's probably your best bet if you're going to throw money at the. If it was just those three, that would be the one I put money on. All right, now I'm going to do one ridiculous one. That's plus five thousand odds. Okay. Cameron Brait to have two touchdowns and a Tampa Bay win, or uh, Saint Brown to have 120 receiving yards, one touchdown, and Green Bay wins. <laughs> <laughs> Has, has Equinamia St. Brown had 120 yards like in his career? Like That dude hasn't done anything. You can do it in one game. <laughs> Here's another one. MVS to have 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Ooh, if it was one touchdown, I'd probably I'd consider that. 
Because he, he they go deep to him twice, so you just need him to catch both. Yeah, that's plus eleven thousand. Really? So we'll put like we'll put like five bucks on that. Yeah. Wow. That's good stuff. That's Those good are some stuff. pretty good ones. <laughs> I, I just I'm really excited to get to the next game. Lou is all fired up. You just see his face right now. He's ready. <laughs> He's so ready. So our next game, obviously, big game for us. Kansas City Chiefs against the Buffalo Bills. Chiefs played the Bills earlier this year, kind of similar to Green Bay and Tampa. The Chiefs won that game, uh, but it was a much different game. Weather wasn't good. Buffalo was missing a lot of guys. Chiefs were missing a lot of guys. Uh, I mean, Kansas City still might be missing guys this week. We don't know. Um, there's currently questions around Pat Mahomes' health. I'm just going to go out and tell you that he's playing on Sunday, so don't be, don't worry about it. Um, obviously, if something were to happen where he regressed in the protocol and Chad Henney played, I think the Chiefs would be in big trouble against the Bills. Like, you can get away with your backup quarterback against, like, bottom-tier teams in the playoffs, like guys who just make it. But Buffalo is hands down one of the – four best teams remaining. That's why they're in the final four. I don't know if you could beat a team like Buffalo with Chad Henney. So we're just going to disregard that completely and assume Mahomes plays. I think this game comes down to one thing and one thing only. Because I know a lot of people are saying, oh, Buffalo has to like control the clock and keep Mahomes off the field. Like, no, that's not how you beat the Chiefs. If you look at every single game Mahomes has lost as a starting quarterback, the other team has scored at least 31 points in every single game except for two. The Chargers scored 29. And the Chiefs lost by a point on a two-point conversion. All right. And then the other game was the game where Mahomes was hurt, Tyreek Hill didn't play, and the Colts beat us at Arrowhead last season. So keeping you're you're never you're never gonna beat the Chiefs like 23 to 20. That's just never gonna happen. Like if you want to beat the Chiefs, you gotta you're gonna score 30. So I think what Buffalo is going to do is the same thing they did last week against Baltimore, which is just throw the ball every play because they know they're in for a shootout. And it's on Kansas City to be the team that what they did last time against Buffalo, which is run the ball and control the clock to limit Buffalo's possessions because I don't think Buffalo is as efficient as Kansas City is scoring, even though they are incredibly efficient scoring. We're just comparing like, you know, two of the top three offenses in the league. So one of them's got to be better than the other. Um this one's pretty simple for me. Mahomes plays, I take the Chiefs. What about you? Yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said. And the crazy thing is, leading up to this point, watching the Bills over the last few weeks, I've been really nervous until I watched them play last week. I thought they took a big step back in that game. It was not impressive at all. Um, obviously, the Bills still won. So at some point, you know, that says something. But it was very, like, Chiefs-esque. Like, they got the big lead, and then they let the teams come back, and they just couldn't beat them at the end of the game. Um, it counts for something, but again, to your point, like, if, if you wanted a Chiefs fan like me to be worried, the Bills needed to put up 45 points. Like, that, and it didn't happen. It was actually, it ended up on, due to garbage time, ended up being a tight game. But I'm not that nervous. But betting, I am. So I'm going to dive right into that because the Chiefs, the Chiefs have done this weird thing again where they, they're not covering a lot of these spreads. So from a betting standpoint, I do like three points this week because, I mean, you're going to come toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. You better be ready. You better have your sharpest sword and your strongest men out front. And from what I saw with the Bills, I don't know if they're ready for that. 
like I said, this isn't taking anything away from them. It's more speaking to the Chiefs. Uh, you get Pat Mahomes in that field, it's lights out. I mean, there's no chance for the Bills. But it, it has been impressive watching that Josh Allen Diggs connection just glow all year. So I am a little worried about that. But I mean, the Bills' run game is terrible. The Bills literally cannot run the ball, like at all. Yeah. Which is weird because you think normally, like in years past, they've been like a running base team with strong defense. And now they're letting Allen, well, not letting. I mean, he, he's deserved it. He's gotten a lot better. He's just slinging the ball all around. Mostly to Stephon Diggs. <laughs> yeah, but that, uh, that you, cover, that non-cover last week, like the, what was the line on it? Ten points. The Chiefs were up like seventeen three when Mahomes got hurt. Cleveland yeah. was in the it was in the middle of getting run out of the stadium. Like right, if Mahomes Vegas doesn't get hurt, do you think Cleveland actually covers? No, but again, if Vegas doesn't give a shit about the excuses. You either win or you lose. This well, just happened to be one. Like I'm saying, we're saying that the Chiefs haven't covered. If Mahomes doesn't get hurt. They cover easily. Hey, there's a real chance that there's a real chance that the Chiefs let the Bill the the Browns back in the game because every week we get this huge lead and then they just slowly crawl back because we try and uh, switch gears from a uh, sling the ball to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey to game management. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen in the AFC Championship game. But all right, I don't continue. think so either. <laughs> I don't think so either. That's why I said I like the points okay. this week. But because I was gonna say, I think the Chiefs know. That Buffalo, if you give them the if you give them the chance, they can score thirty plus. Yes. Yeah, which means we're, they're going to keep going. All right. Which, so anyway, onto your bets. Yeah. Does that mean you like the over under at fifty four? It sounds like you like the over. I took the over on that for the Friday fire. Yeah. Okay. Because you're pretty much getting right. If you think about it, you want the if to beat the Chiefs, you got to score thirty, right? So the Chiefs pretty much in every playoff game, Mahomes plays and he puts up thirty points. So if the Chiefs show up. You're already more than halfway there. You just need Buffalo to show up. Yep, agreed. Yeah. All right, on to the prop bets. Will Kansas City score in their first drive? Yes or no? Yeah, probably. Say yes, yes. Is plus one hundred four. Okay. Over under pass yards. Josh Allen three hundred five. Oh, uh, they don't even have Mahomes listed right now. Oof. Mm. He he was there yesterday. So I'll take Josh the Allen over on Josh Allen, 305. He's going to have to throw 400 yards if he wants to win, so yeah. I like that. And over under receptions, here's a few good ones. So Cole Beasley, four and a half. I guess he for shot Fenton's playing in this game because he's actually good at covering the slot. All right, keep going. Let me look up the Chiefs injury report. You keep doing your thing. Travis Kelsey, over under seven and a half catches. Oh, over. <laughs> Tyreek Hill over under five and a half. Um, probably be shadowed by White. They played cover two last time. Five and so six catches. Yeah, that's actually a good number. I'll take Very the good. under, but I don't feel good about it. All right, I'm gonna. I'm scared about that one. All right, yeah. Demarcus Robinson to have 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns. No, he's a bomb. Goodbye, <laughs> next. I can't stand that guy. Plus 18,000. All right, let's get a little less crazy here. Gabriel Davis to have 120 receiving yards and a touchdown. He's actually been playing really well. He has. Yeah. 120 is a lot, though. He doesn't see that many targets. The Chiefs would have to blow coverage for him to get that. 
Me, Cole Hardman, to have 120 yards and Kansas City win. If Sammy's out, I would take that. It's receiving yards. That's, if Sammy was out, I would take that. By the way, Why Rashad Fenton, think? Sammy Watkins, Pat Mahomes, and Clyde Edwards-Alay are all limited participants. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I think most of them play. I think Taking so, too. Easy leading up to the big game. Yeah. Tyreek Hill to have 70 receiving yards, one touchdown, Kansas City wins. Yeah, it's reasonable. Yeah. Because you got to get behind White one time, and he gets behind everyone one time. He's got to come down with it. Yeah. All right. The rest we kind of um, – I can't do because they all include Buffalo winning, <laughs> which, I, which I refuse to bet. But I'm really looking forward to the game. I think – you know, you said before, I think what your point is, is that you're saying that Buffalo not only deserves to be in the playoffs, but they really deserve to be here because what we've seen from Buffalo is amazing football, nothing short of amazing I mean, we were talking earlier in the year about how Josh Allen's on our kind of players to watch MVP list. And he they, broke out. He really did. He took that step forward that you were hoping Drew Locke took, and I was hoping that um, Kyla Murray took. They, you know, they, neither of them really did, if you want to yeah. look back. Like, Kyla Murray, we thought would, and then he was limited a lot. He took a little that. step. He took a little step. He did take a step, but the problem is he had the AC joint sprain which a lot of quarterbacks are still very good through. Yeah. And, and he couldn't muster through it. And maybe, I don't know, it was a worse sprain than others. I'm not going to sit here and make excuses, but I wish he would have taken a bigger step forward when you look back. And I thought Arizona really could have done something. They could have made some noise in the playoffs, but just kind of let me down. No, I know. I know. I mean, look, it could be worse. You could have picked uh, the Drew Locke side, and they might draft another quarterback. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not on the right side of history there. Yeah, that's all right. We can't all be me. So, I guess that kind of sets it up for Mahomes Rogers Super Bowl. That's what we're looking at. That is still a lot of fun. That, of course, since we'll have two weeks before that, so we won't get into that now. No, but, but I'm just that scares me. I don't feel great either way. Oh, no, I'd rather. No, I know we'll body Tampa. I know we will, but it's Tom Brady. So in the back of my mind, I'm still getting poked by that dick because no matter what I think, it's like, dude, how am I ever going to count out Tom Brady in the playoffs? How? No, no, I'm not saying I'm counting them out, but they're a loose team and we feast on loose teams. But we'll save all of that potential Super Bowl talk for whatever teams make it there. So that's going to wrap it up for us. Sorry, before you wrap it up, I just had something pop in my head that I want to talk about that I think is insane. Okay. So there was a quote. I I don't, I was looking for it before while you were talking. I couldn't find the exact quote. Bruce Arians was asked about Tom Brady's coaching abilities. And he had said that Tom Brady has been coaching this team most of the year. And he goes, the bad coaches won't let him coach. I sit back and smile. Bruce Arians should lose his job. <laughs> if they don't win this Super Bowl, he should lose his job. That is no way to run a football team. So, so not only do you let him be the commander-in-chief on the field, which I guess is what you're supposed to do, but you 
are letting him coach your team? Because you remember a few weeks ago, there were those videos popping up of Tom Brady screaming at his linemen, and Bruce Arians is like, well, if he does it, I don't have to do it. What kind of coach are you? Pack your shit and get out. Go coach a peewee league. All right, so hold on. So in the beginning of the year, they were really trying to do the Bruce Arians thing, like push the ball downfield, be vertical and all that, and it wasn't working at all. And now if you've been watching their games, they've reverted to the Tom Brady offense, which is check it down to the running back and having, you know, an average depth of target of like 4.5 yards of the line of scrimmage and they're killing people. So I think that's kind of what more what he meant by Tom. He just kind of let Tom Brady do his own thing because Tom Brady's always yelled at his teammates because he expects you to be at a certain place at a certain time. And if you're not there, he's going to rip you. Fair. You got to let Tom be Tom. But all right, that's going to wrap us up for tonight. Like I said at the beginning of the show, make sure you like, comment, share, tell your friends, speak to the Beak Podcast on the website, beakbrands.com, on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. I'm at Tim Ferdinand. He's at Lou Jocks. Follow the account at Beak Brands. If you're looking for our UFC stuff, make sure you give Tom stuff a read on Tuesdays. For Tom Rupel Tuesdays. That does it for us. And we will talk to y'all next week. After the Chiefs win. Go Chiefs.